Welcome back to another episode of Ecumenical. My name is Peter Holm, and today we're going to talk about picking sides. Which side do you choose? All right, before we get going, uh, yeah, smash the like button. If this thing is awesome, you like it, you want to see more videos like it. If you have comments, critiques, issues, whatever, post your comments down below. Happy to get back with you. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. I appreciate all of your guys' engagement and your views and sharing these videos so other people can get to them and so we can all grow together. Awesome content. All right, so without further ado, choosing sides. Which side are you going to choose? All right, why am I talking about sides? Why am I asking about choosing? You know, what is all this, right? We're just on the good side, right? Is that that easy? Well, as you all can see, the world is not a good and wholesome place right now. All right, it doesn't love God. And now we're seeing all manner of just disgusting things that are showing up on TV, on the radio, just people's behavior towards one another wars, things like that. There's a lot going on that's pretty crazy. So whether it's heresies, apostasy, blasphemies, it's just disgusting. And then we add into that the championing by all manner of cultures and governments and factions in the, you know, in the world of every religion, no matter what it is, even though they deny and degrade our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they don't really care about that. They claim whatever they claim, but they don't really care about the Trinity. They don't care about His church. They don't care about the sacraments. They don't care about grace. There's all these things that are very concerning, right? Now, we're looking at all of these sides and this churning that's going on. And in the end, we're seeing conflict, lots of conflict, because none of these people actually agree in terms of how anything should work fruits of original sin, right? Everybody is in this weird mess, this loss for grace. They don't have it. And these conflicts, they kind of have an ebb and flow, but they don't really end. They just go and kind of simmer and then they come roaring back, right? Well, in each one of these conflicts, we're seeing men of questionable character or women that are driving us to one side or another. And they show us this dichotomy. What is dichotomy? It's just a big word that means division or split. We're seeing dividing into two. So one side versus another side. These guys versus those guys. Us versus them. All right? And you know what I'm talking about because you see it in the news and you hear it everywhere, right? Red versus blue. Liberal versus conservative. Democrat versus Republican. Left versus right. And now, you know, we're seeing it even when we're talking about warfare. So we see red Russians and white Russians. And we see Chinese nationalists and Chinese Maoists. And we see... Indians versus Pakistanis, and now in terms of wars, we're even looking at Russians and Ukrainians, right? There's wars everywhere that have happened for all of human history, and now we're sitting there asking, which ones of them are the good guys? Who's the good guys, right? Which side do you pick, and why do you pick them, all right? How do you know they're the good guys? What tells you, well, I'm with the good guys, and those guys are the bad guys? How do you know? Because when we're talking about looking at the good guys, and we look at things that are objectively good, remember, the root of the word good is God. If it is not of God, it cannot be objectively good, okay? So when we go and look at all the sides, whether we're talking the political sides or whether we're talking about some other debate, whatever it is, sports or otherwise, or even we're talking about warfares and actual people killing each other, are any of the sides involved in all of these conflicts objectively good? Are they faithful to Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, all of it, unequivocally, that you can clearly tell 
This is all they care about. So you look at the government in terms of who's been elected and you look at the what they say in public and you look at how their people treat each other and how they behave. You see anything there that's objectively good? Do you see anything there that shows you Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, first and foremost among these individuals, these factions, or do you not see it? Because if you don't see it, and not only do you not see it, but you see things that are actually against Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, actually against the commandments of God in terms of how these people behave and the words of their leaders, then what you're talking about is no longer good at all. It's objectively evil because anything that stands in the face of Jesus Christ in conflict with him, in conflict with Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, in conflict with his laws and his church, in the end, these have to be objectively evil. Like it or not, it's not up to how we feel about this. This is up to how God feels about this, which we should be way more focused, way more concerned with what does he think about this? Does he think something's good or evil? Because if he doesn't think something's good, he's probably not going to treat it too nicely. And in the end, there will be consequences when the bad sides push and things happen. Okay? As such, all of these players on all these sides in all these factions, man-made whatever, are fighting immoral battles by immoral means, with immoral philosophies, all against God. And you can add it up, and whether we're talking about Maoists, or we're talking about white Russians, or we're talking about Ukrainians, or we're talking about Democrats, Republicans, whatever it is, they are not submitting their entire existence and their ideology, their platforms, their positions to Jesus Christ our Lord to let him guide and direct and to exclude all that is false. What does this mean? All right? It means we got a problem. It means we are setting ourselves up and looking at all of these conflicts that if you and I get embroiled in them and we fall on one side or the other, and we decide we're going to take a stand here, um, the problem is, is to take a stand on either side and when both sides are actually against God means we're taking a side against God. All right. And if you, for some reason, you're like, well, I don't know. I mean, I've seen those Republicans. Some of them can be pretty conservative. And that means they're pretty, they're supporting Jesus Christ. And you're like, okay, well, then let's go further and say, maybe we, if we were going to tell them, hey, I don't believe you're actually in line with Jesus Christ unless you, I don't know, eradicate infanticide, gone, like actually illegal. You make immoral and impure physical gratifications that is unacceptable in our society, no matter what. I don't care what flags are waved. I don't care what anyone says about their feelings. God has said no. We want a family established and the family must be protected at all costs from all assaults, no matter where they come from, in any culture, or any religion, or any government. We would have to say that we need to get rid of immoral materials and whether those are in print, screen, whatever, and we would say, hey, I need to see all this, plus Christ must be king over all, all organizations, all governments on earth, and formally acknowledged as such. You tell that to those Republicans that you sit there and say that they're going to think, yes, we're in line with, you know, God, right? What do you think they're going to say? And honestly, any of the groups that I've just mentioned, any of those sides, any of those countries, any of those cultures, governments, any of those factions, those parties, what do you think they're going to say? I'm going to bet you they're going to reject them. They may play nice with their face and give you a facade that they're listening to you and they're going to care about you, but they will never uh, come out and support 
all of those things. They will never support the commandments of God, even though it is written in our scriptures, even though it has been told to us for 2,000 years from all manner of prophets, all manner of saints. These men and women have told us what God wants, and I'm telling you, these factions will reject it. And not only reject it from the standpoint of saying, I don't want to help you and I'm not going to fix it, they're going to reject it with hatred. They hate these ideas. They hate his kingship and divinity. They cannot stand the fact that Jesus Christ would be in a position to tell them what he's supposed to do. As such, this means that we are talking about a world that we are witnessing here that is compromised, that is in the clutches of Satan. This is why Jesus does not contradict or argue with Satan in the desert when Satan says that he runs the world. Because Satan does run the world due to original sin and all of the corruption that came from our first parents that we perpetuate in every one of our sins. He is known as the prince of this world. That's Satan's title. Prince of this world, which means he's holding on to control for a time and is gaining power right now and will gain power until Antichrist shows his face. Hasn't happened yet, but it's coming. The ideologies of Antichrist are here, but the man is not here yet in charge. Now, we're looking at a war that Satan has been waging for 2,000 years since Christ has been here, plus from the moment of his fall. He's been waging this from the moment of his fall against God. And in the end, he wants all of us to be damned out of pride. This should hopefully frame a lot of these false dichotomies because Satan loves false dichotomies. He loves false divisions. He loves creating two sides, both of them evil, and driving you to make an emotional decision to support one or the other. And hopefully if you dive right in, guess what? He's got you. That's all he wanted. Because guess what? You dove in, took a side, both of them who don't like God. Satan wins. That's all he wanted. Now, if that's not what you want, and these things are concerning to you, then let's go back and see what some of the stronger popes in our past have said about this, especially even we'll go with more modern ones right now, because it was addressed, it has been seen, we knew these problems were coming. So let's look first at Pope Gregory Sixteenth and what he saw and talking about the onslaught of confusion that Satan is running against us to make sure we cannot figure out which way is up. So what does he say? All right. He writes in Mirari Vos, um, so this is a 19th century encyclical. And what does he write? He says, we speak of the things which you see with your own eyes, which we both bemoan. Depravity exults, science is impudent, liberty dissolute. The holiness of the sacred is despised. The majesty of divine worship is not only disapproved by evil men, but defiled and held up to ridicule. Hence, sound doctrine is perverted and errors of all kinds spread boldly. The laws of the sacred, the rights, institutions, and discipline, none are safe from the audacity of those speaking evil. All right, everything is up for grabs. Everything can be compromised. This is relativism. This is modernism. This is liberalism. These are ideas where you can change it because a man wants to change it. In the end, what does that mean? Imperfect men start imperfect conflicts with imperfect doctrines. They're all ultimately playing on the side of Satan because none of them are trying to go and humble themselves and pull in the perfect doctrines of Christ into their hearts, into their minds, into their behavior, into their organizations and institutions to make sure that this life is aligned to Jesus Christ and his commandments, his church, his sacraments, and God. 
All right. They're walking away from it and they're making up new stuff, which is all gross. All right. This trend from the popes actually goes through Pius IX and ultimately Leo XIII, Pius X, Pius XI. And we see it also with Pius XII as well. So what does he have to say when he's looking at all the struggles with evil in the world? He says, we belong to the church militant. And she is militant, because on earth the powers of darkness are ever restless to encompass her destruction, not only in the far-off centuries of the early church, but down through the ages. And in this our day, the enemies of God and Christian civilization make bold to attack the Creator's supreme dominion and sacrosanct human rights. No rank of the clergy is spared. And the faithful, their number is legion, inspired by the valiant endurance of their shepherds and fathers in Christ, stand firm ready to suffer and die as the martyrs of old for the one true faith taught by Jesus Christ into that militia you seek to be admitted as leaders. So he's giving remarks to clergy in 1953. Now, what's the point of that quote? Why do I bring it in here? Because the fight that you and I are engaged in is one of massive significance. This is a massive fight. Why? Because at the end of it, it's our judgment. This fight, depending on which side you go on, will determine whether or not you are in heaven or you are in hell. And we don't have time to mess around with the affairs of men doing all sorts of stupid things here that ultimately are not going to amount to a hill of beans because they're burning in hell because they actually refuse Jesus Christ, his commandments, everything. His grace, they said, no, nah, I don't want it. Okay. So if you're going to choose a side, choose Christ's side. Choose Jesus Christ. Choose the church. Choose the sacraments and the sacrifice of the mass. Choose humility and virtue and reject vice. Don't worry about the earthly sides and the earthly creations and the earthly systems and the earthly fights. We need to focus on the one fight that counts because in the end, you and I will be judged and you and I are going to die. And not only do we have our individual situations we have to sort out with all of our problems and all of our issues, we also have all those things with all the people we're responsible for taking care of. So we have our spouses and our children, the rest of our families, our parishes, our local communities. We have our nations. We have many groups of people that are all waiting to figure out how these are all these issues are all going to play out and they have to choose a side. All right. But the thing is, is as opposed to choosing the ones made up by men and encouraged by the devil, let's choose God's. So what I'm getting at here is with all these things considered, my recommendation, if I was going to boil it down, I'm going to boil it down to this. Reject Satan's offer. Reject Antichrist. Reject false dichotomies. Instead, commit yourself to the true side, the winning side, Jesus Christ, through the sacraments, the sacrifice of the Mass offered by His Holy Church, and seek protection in Jesus through the Church, and most especially the Church triumphant, which reside above, ready to help us, saints and angels, so that we can live and die well in Jesus Christ. All right, it's that simple. We want to live and die well in Jesus Christ without getting involved in the crap slinging that's going on here on earth over just stuff that doesn't make any difference in terms of us getting better. It won't improve us. It's not going to help us. We're not going to end up closer to Christ if we go and take a side. So don't. All right. As you go about your life and you look at not only your future, where you're going to go and you review where you've been in the past when you did take the sides that you probably shouldn't have taken that weren't actually in line with Jesus Christ. Remember, Christ has given us the capacity to evaluate where we need to fall in this mix and how we stay on his side through Holy Scripture, sacred tradition, 
and the magisterium, like what I just quoted. All right. So to close out this segment here, I'm going to leave you with somewhat of a lengthy segment of scripture. This is out of first John. So the first letter of John chapter two, and make sure that you keep this in your heads as you go about your day. Okay. As you go about your life and you think about all the people you're dealing with and all the groups that you have to interact with and how you look at this life, the point of it and how it ends. So let's hear, let's take this and see what John has to say. I write unto you, babes, because you have known the Father. I write unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, nor the things which are in this world. If any man love the world, the charity of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the concupiscence of the flesh, and the concupiscence of the eyes, and the pride of life, which is not of the Father, but is of this world. And the world passeth away, and the concupiscence thereof. But... He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last hour. As you have heard that Antichrist cometh, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have remained with us, but that they may be manifest, that they are not all of us. But you have the unction from the Holy One and know all things. I have not written to you as to them that know not the truth, but as to them that know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denieth that Jesus is the Christ? This is Antichrist, who denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, and he that confesseth the Son hath the Father also. Now, those lines, quick takeaway there, he talks to people who are faithful in Jesus Christ our Lord and makes sure to warn them that of all the shiny things and all the evils in this world that we're tempted to fall into and go along with the flow, so to speak, um, all of those things are of Antichrist. Why? Because they ultimately reject Jesus Christ. You will be able to tell if that side actually is your side or not if they accept Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about a few remarks from a leader. I'm talking about a behavior of his nation. I'm talking about the laws of his government. I'm talking about whether or not we see in the man and the government, the system, the people, and ultimately the church or churches that they allow within their borders, you will be able to tell whether or not something is good. Right now, time is dark, okay? However, what does that mean? It means we're getting closer and closer to not only our end, but the end of this world when Christ comes back. We must be focused on that return because one way or another, even if we die before all that goes down, you and I still have a date with Jesus Christ. And we have to go and be ready for that moment. We have every power now, if we accept the grace that God gives us in the sacraments and the sacrifice of the Mass and our penances, we can reject Satan and his false dichotomies with Christ's power. We can remain closely knit to Jesus Christ in truth. And in the end, we choose his side and no other side, because there is no other side actually worthy of affiliation other than Jesus Christ, our Lord, and his church, attached to the church triumphant as the church militant. That's our side. We are the church militant. We are fighting for our souls, the souls of others. We are going to die one way or another. Are you ready for that? Because in the end, this fight for our souls and the final destination of our souls, the eternal destination of our souls, that's all that matters. So choose wisely as you do this. So if we're going to choose Jesus Christ above all, the truth, the way, the light, and stay out of the darkness, okay? Stay out of the darkness. Don't choose the false dichotomies, all right? 
Hopefully that was helpful. Thank you all for spending your time here. Again, if I missed something, feel free to comment down below. Give me all your questions, issues, stuff you like, whatever. If you liked the video and it was helpful, smash that like button. Share the video out there so other people can get a hold of it. Subscribe to the channel. Thank you for everything and all of your time. And now may God bless us all and the Virgin protect us. And as always, St. Joseph, pray for us. All right. See you later. Have a good one.